0: This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. On today's show, we have a lot to get to. There was a lot of action this weekend in Boston College sports. We're going to review it all. We're also going to talk about Scott Spinelli and some things that we want to chat about about his candidacy for the Boston College men's basketball position. So let's kick off our conversation about this weekend by chatting about the baseball team. Now this is, as I've talked about already at length on previous episodes, this baseball team is going to have a season that I think many people really want to uh, get a, get in on. You want to be on this bandwagon as soon as possible. And this weekend proved it. Boston College faced number 11 Duke at Durham, and won two out of three games this weekend. Now, last weekend, we all know Boston College swept Charleston Southern. They beat they beat that team pretty badly. You know, scoring ten runs every game, they were just all over them. This was Boston College's first real challenge, and I, and I mean real challenge. Duke is a good team, right? So they headed down. You know, they they were set to play on Friday. Head coach Mike Gambino rejoined the team after um a family emergency. It sounded like on the on the uh Vision. There was a um, accident with his son, so hopefully everything is okay with the family. Um, but he was back, and so they head it. They head down, and on Friday they 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 were planning on starting their ace Mason Pelio, and they choose not to instead going with Joey Walsh as a spot starter. Now Walsh is like you know the long guy, you know he's probably like their fourth starter, uh, and the reason they did this I actually thought was a really smart move. Was because there was rain in the projections for Friday night's game or Friday afternoon's game, and that came into play. So Boston College and Duke, they're battling back and forth. There's some big hits from Boston College. Ra- Ramon Jimenez hit, you know, hit a blast um, to tie the game. You saw Dante Baldelli get a big hit. So they're going back and forth. Joey Walsh, you know, he. Wasn't specifically uh, very effective. He he let up four runs in three and two-thirds. But BC's hitting just kept coming back and coming back. You saw them just constantly making that uh, comeback. However, it was, I think, the seventh inning. You know, BC comes back, ties it, and then they go into a rain delay. Now, I didn't know this about college baseball. As I said, I'm learning about the at some of the intricacies of the league and, and, and getting myself more uh, knowledgeable about it. But they, they just postponed the game until Saturday. They are going to finish the game on Saturday, which I thought was great. Like, why doesn't Major League Baseball do that? Like, it would make a lot more sense than just canceling games in the seventh inning. But so, you know, they they move it on. They start the game over on Saturday after all that rain. And Boston College falls behind 6-5. to five. And then Luke Gold, who had an incredible weekend. I mean, we talk a lot about... Cody Morissette and Sal Freelick being like the big offensive threats for Boston College. Luke Gold, I think, had uh, five RBIs this weekend or six RBIs. And it was just clutch hit after clutch hit. He's the second baseman for the Eagles. He gets a big hit, and BC puts together four runs and then shuts the door. So it's Friday's game ends up being a win. It's Boston College baseballs first win against a ranked opponent since 2019 when they beat Louisville. So that was big. that was a big first win a really kind of a statement win for BC. Unfortunately for the second game it didn't go much it, it kind of went downhill from there. So Mason Pelio then gets his start so they pushed him off to game two. He's he's not in fact effective at all. like you know he let up I think eight hits and five walks and three and a two thirds innings. He let up like six or seven runs. just not a good game for Pelio. And then Duke's starter just you know was lights out. So BC gets a two-run home run um, from left field to Chris Galland, and that's it. And then Duke you know Duke had a ten-run lead, and that w- that was about it for Boston College. So Duke comes back, and, it, it, and then you're starting to feel oh gosh, is this like is this going to be it for Boston College? Is it, you know are they going to wilt in Game Three? Nope. Boston College comes out in Game Three, and Emmett Sheehan their starter. Pitches lights out. He, he lets up two runs scattered throughout the throughout the game. And the offense, again, Luke Gold, again with more big hits, gets Boston College the lead. And they win the game 5-2. This is huge, a huge weekend for Boston College baseball. And you can tell the interest in the fan base is starting to show. You know, I wrote, and I have a, a writer, Dominic Fer- Ferrucci, who did? Who we both wrote up the games this weekend, and the and the interactions and the interest level seems as high as any you know basketball game that I've had all year. So it was great to see BC baseball. And I want to just say too, like having the games on the ACC network was awesome. Like these games in the past, you'd never be able to find. They would be you know. You'd either have to pay a yearly subscription fee to whatever to get these games, or you just couldn't get them at all. So, you know, Friday afternoon, I finished work, and I got to just, I just turned on the TV, and there it was. And it was like watching it just like, you know, a regular baseball game, like watching the Red Sox, except it's it's college baseball. It was awesome. You know, I know a lot of people complain about the ACC Network, and, you know, during football season, I, I could live without it, but... I thought it was great for something like this, something that you don't normally get, and it was it was a treat to see baseball back on on the screen. So that was big, but also the piece that I want to talk about is I think Boston College is in really good shape this week to go and become a ranked team for the first time since 2016. I think I read. So Boston College is now five and one. They have three win, uh, two wins against a ranked team. You know they're they're playing as well as any team in the nation. They've got to sneak into the top 25, I have to think. So keep your eyes open for that. Next weekend, Boston College faces off against Wake Forest. Of course, this is going to be on the road as well. It's a three-game series. All those games, I don't believe, are going to be on TV, unfortunately. So we'll, that's a, that's going to be a bummer for any of us wanting to watch. But we'll figure out how to get that news going. But they're facing Notre Dame. I mean, sorry. Wake Forest is 3-4. and four. They just lost... Uh, two of three against Notre Dame they had. Um, They just lost two in a row. And they also lost so two more games against Coastal Carolina and Northeastern. So, you know, Boston College, at this point, these are games Boston College just needs to take care of. Like, you need to go out there and establish, you know, that you're the top team and win two out of three just i think at this point you want to win every series if you can if you could sweep a, a series that's great too but two out of three you're in good shape so bc baseball big weekend again so check them out and we have full coverage up on bcbulletin.com and you can find out more about that there in a moment We're going to chat more about this weekend. We had games for men's hockey, which ended poorly, women's hockey, and basketball. We're going to get into all of those in our second section. But before we do, I want to chat with you about betonline.ag. Now, are you in the business of gambling and and making wagers on sports? You need to head on over to betonline.ag. Football's over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And you could actually, I think you could probably go over there and bet on FCS football if you want to, if you're really into that. But you could also head on over to BetOnline.ag. They could have award shows. You could have done the Golden Globes today, TV shows, reality TV. You name it, they have it. BetOnline.ag has got you covered with all the up-to-date news, props, and odds. And they're going to give you a special deal. If you go over and sign up for a free account, They're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you deposit $200, they're going to give you an extra $100. That's an automatic win right there. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The Locked On Network is amazing. There's so many great podcasts. And as I've talked about before, Locked On today is one you need to check out. On today's Locked On Today podcast, is the relationship broken between quarterback Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Get more than sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Get Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College. I noticed there was a whole new uh, group of people that gave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and I want to thank you. If that was you... Um, I don't know who it was, but thank you so much. That meant a lot to me. I, said, I had mentioned that on last week's podcast, um, and we got great res- res- responses from our viewer mail, our listener mailbag. So thank you all. Now let's jump in because we have more to talk about about this weekend. First of all, we got to chat about women, uh, not men, uh, women's hockey, men's hockey that played against UMass in a one-game series on Friday. It was not Hockey East, but it was just a regular game. So Boston College, as I said on the podcast last weekend, um, they play- You know, they were 4-0 recently against UMass, but UMass had been playing really well lately, and we got to see a piece of that. Uh, as Boston College jumped out to a lead and then watched it fall apart, and then in overtime, UMass had a breakaway. It was going to end up turning into a penalty shot, but the buck, puck puck trickled past Spencer Knight, and the and the Minutemen ended up grabbing the win. So it was a tough loss for Boston College. It ended a huge winning streak, gave UMass some momentum heading into Hockey East Tournament time, and uh, just, just a tough loss all around. You know, that end of the game was just, it was rough. So where does Boston College stand? They have one more weekend of regular season hockey in front of them against, again, an p- opponent of... Uh, to be determined in, in the future. We don't know who that's going to be, but they, you know, with Boston University playing well and UMass nipping at their heels, BC needs to win. They just ca- they cannot afford to blow some games coming up. They need to just finish off strong and get ready for Hockey East. Remember, Hockey East tournament this year is a little different though it has it has been in the past, where it's a single elimination to start off the uh, started off the. Um, tournament. So it's just one right after the other. There's no best of three series anymore. It's just bang, bang, boom. So BC needs to, you know, they cannot go into a game and get sloppy if they're playing a poor team. I now, UMass is good. Obviously UMass is a very good team but anything can happen when it comes to tournament time you got a team that's hot and it's it's over so tough loss but BC, you know you can't complain BC's still playing really well they're 15 and four on the year so we'll see what they're up to next weekend and I'll make sure we talk a little bit about that when the news arrives. Women's hockey I did want to mention them they played Yukon in the hockey East tournament on Sunday and got eliminated they got beaten pretty badly by the huskies 5-2. The game I didn't watch, but I, I did notice that they had that game. So that game is over. Their season, I believe, is over unless they make the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure they're going to get that far. So um, good, se- better season, I think, than they had last year, but uh, a disappointing end of the year for the women's hockey team. Now, for the rest of the show, we're going to talk about men's basketball. And I find this funny because... But if you asked me about a month and a half ago, I would have told you I'd never talk about Ben's basketballs unless I really had to because I know most as I keep saying, the interest level in the program was so dead that no one really wanted to talk about them. So I would just unless it was something big, I didn't want to bring them up. but now it's like all we talk about because that's it's basically the news of the day right now is this hot this basketball program. and this weekend it was news for another reason we should we gotta jump into this game because, there was so much that happened that it's it's a segment in itself. And then in the second segment, I have a whole other take that I'm going to go into. So last week on Thursday, guard Rich Kelly announced that he was transferring, adding on to Winston Tabs that was gone. And, of course, head coach Jim Christian was also leaving. So you have a shorthanded team heading into Saturday with Scott Spinelli as the interim head coach. About an hour before the game starts – hear that C.J. Felder's not going to play for undisclosed reasons. Well, you're like, okay, so now you're down three starters. Doesn't matter who you're playing against. That doesn't look good, right? You you have a team that struggled all year long. When you have two of your, you know, three of your probably four top scorers, add in Jay Heath as the other, and it looks like, you know, they're going to be in trouble. So B.C. starts off the, the game. They put in their seniors, which is why Sam Holtz and Will Jackowitz were in there, and that's great. You know, these are the the practice squad kids that don't get a lot of they don't get any playing time they get a chance to be in the starting lineup for one game they get to play and that's a big deal so that's great but you really couldn't feel like this game was going to go very well for Boston College and what happens they go out there and play exceptionally well sam holtz you know he's the walk on comes out and hits a three-pointer to start the game i feel like whoa nice it's the kid that never really scores gets that big moment and he hits it then boston college they look completely re-energized out there. They look like a team we haven't seen all year. You know, they're playing aggressive. They're hitting their shots. They're moving the ball well. On top of that, Fred Scott is back. And, wow, he looked like a completely different character to to, – added a completely different character to this team because, you know, he's a big body and he's aggressive and he can get to the hoop. And he, you know, added a little bit to the defensive end, making players, you know, adjust their shots as they charge in on him. He scores, I think, 18 points. You see Makai Ashton-Langford out there and DeMar Langford. They both score 15-plus points, and Makai looks like a completely different player in this offense. They just looked loose, and the, the energy you could see with Scott Spinelli there, it made it seem very clear that this team was playing at a different level for Spinelli than they did with, with Christian. I don't want to say that they quit on Jim Christian because that's not fair, and I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but... They definitely seem like they were playing a lot harder for Scott Spinelli on Saturday and they just they just were shooting incredibly well. You didn't see that rigid offense that you expect from Boston College. They were moving the ball, they were attacking the hole, you know, they were doing everything they needed to. And that was great because the defense really wasn't good either. Neither team was playing very good defense. I think I saw after the fact Notre Dame scored a uh, shot 72% from non-three-point range against BC. So, the defense was still woeful, but BC's offense did enough to win it. So, It was a great moment because, you know, BC has played poorly all year long. You have Steph Mitchell out there in his last – what probably will be his last game in maroon and gold in front of nobody, and they get him a big win at home. And that in itself was big. And I thought, you know, it was nice to win for Scott Spinelli, but I think in this game it was even bigger to win for Steph Mitchell because – and not to to get into the cliches, but – he, you know, he, say what you will about his offense. Mitchell is a uh, he's a glue guy, right? He does everything that you want him to do. That doesn't really like load up the stat sheet. He gets his rebounds. He's passing. He's he sets picks. He's a he's a team player, and he's a, he's a quiet leader. He's not a complete player. He's not a superstar, but he's just good. And you and he's a guy that you want to root for even when the teams were bad because he just seems like a good guy. And to see him have that moment to win, that was impressive. And I, and I and it felt good to see BC, you know, it felt good to see this team have a positive moment. Because we have not had many fun moments in BC basketball in the last seven years. You have your moments here and there. But Saturday felt different. It felt fun. You wanted to watch this game. You felt like you were connecting to the team for the first time in a long time. And you were rooting for them so hard to win to pull that off at the end because at the end, you know, it was close. You know, BC only won by four points, but they were giving up some really easy buckets near the end and were not doing very well from the free throw free throw line to, to put the game away. So to, to, to get that win, to feel that good, I think that was that was just great for the program. And in a moment, we'll talk about what Scott Spinelli means, but in this today, he seemed like the perfect fit. He's the perfect interim head coach right now. You know, BC has two more games left against Miami and Florida State. They play, you know, the defending ACC champions on Wednesday. There's a possibility they could win one. I could easily see them beating Miami. Miami, we beat, you know, they're the only team that BC beat with Jim Christian, and and the way they're playing for Scott Spinelli, I think they could easily beat him, but you know, this is the, just the kind of excitement you need. Just the little push to get to the end of the season on a po- positive note. Because you don't want this to fall apart and, you know all, with all these kids. Because what ends up happening at the end of a season like this is if, if BC just goes out there and lays a big turd and then loses everything with Spinelli... You're going to get all these kids that are going to be like, all right, peace out. I'm going to go find another program. It's just It just takes a toll because they've, they've trained, they've worked hard, and they really invest. And to, to just have it ripped apart like that, it stinks. But to have a little piece at the end, a little nugget may keep some of these players from transferring and feeling better about their time at Boston College. And I think that's big. So we'll talk more about that in a moment. In a moment, I'm going to chat with you about Scott Spinelli. We have not talked about him as a potential head coach, and I have some thoughts about, you know, what he could do and where he stands in my kind of hierarchy of coaches to hire. But before we do, let's chat about Bilt Bar. I love Bill Bar. I'm telling you, they got me hooked. I have a new box coming in the mail. I have another one. I, I have to make sure that I, I, I time out my my deliveries so I don't have a, a lapse in Bilt Bar. They are delicious. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And they are a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Now listen to some of these flavors. I can't get enough of like the coconut almond. That's one of my favorites, or just even coconut. My wife loves the peanut butter brownie. It's just, you know, it tastes like a, like a candy bar. But listen to the, the flavor profile of the coconut almond. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories. 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams net carbs. That's going to fill you up, and it's going to taste great. It's not chalky or gritty like most protein bars. It's delicious. I'm telling you, you got to try these out. Now, we have a special deal with Built Bar that you need to check out. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Now, let me tell you about another show on the Locked On Network, and that is Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So this is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I have a special announcement for you. If you are listening to this podcast on Wednesday, we are going to have Sean Marshall on the show. Now, if you're a Boston College basketball fan, you remember Sean Marshall for his years during the Al Skinner runs. And he's going to talk to us about his times at Boston College, his career overseas, and what he thinks Boston College needs to do to get back into the right frame of mind, so you're not going to want to miss that. I'm so excited to have Sean on, and we're going to talk about him, talk to him on Wednesday's show. Now we talked about uh, Saturday's game: Boston College beating Notre Dame 94-90 to get their second ACC win of the season. Scott Spinelli is now one and zero as the interim head coach. But many people, and I don't know how serious some of them are, we're talking about Scott Spinelli as becoming the next head coach to give him the the permanent title. And to be fair, we have not brought his name up as one of our candidates. You know, we talked you know, we chatted about John Beeline and Ed Cooley and Mark Schmidt. You know, I mean, you can go back in our our archives and listen to any of our segments. And I encourage you too, if this is your first blocked on podcast, uh, with Blocked On Boston College, you want to get into the coach coaching search, I have eight to ten Different coaching profiles from the last two weeks, and they're I, I like them. I thought they were interesting, so check them out. But let's talk about Scott Spinelli. So Scott Spinelli is a longtime assistant head coach. He's been at Texas A and M. You know, he was at with um, Mark Turgeon at Maryland. Now he's at Boston College with Jim Christian before Christian uh, was fired. Now he has a knack as a recruiter. You know, he brought Chris Middleton to Texas A and M. You know, with Maryland, they, they were always a top-tier team that could really recruit, and he was always one of their lead recruiters. So when Boston College brought him in, it was a big deal. And he's lived up to his reputation for the most part at Boston College. You know, when you look at guys like Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson and, and even the bigger names like DeMar Langford and um, uh, Jarius Hamilton, these four stars that they bring in, those that's a lot of this is due to, due to Scott Spinelli. So he has a reputation as a, as a great assistant head coach. Now, he's never been a head coach ever at, at least at the collegiate career. He, you know, I think he started at Milford Academy and then the Wichington School, but that was, you know, 25 years ago and at a high school level. He played at Boston University, which we should not hold against him, but you know, he's a local guy from Lemonster. and would Boston College consider removing the interim tag to make him the new head coach? Now, clearly what we saw on Saturday, these players love him. They they played their hearts out for him. But to be fair, a lot of times new coaches have that new coach gleam to them. Like, you know, you get a little bump in the way they play and then it kind of levels off again. So maybe they did really care for him and maybe that was a big thing. But would Spinelli get Boston College basketball to where they need to be? And that's a big unknown. So just like I said with Howard Isley that you want to bring in a coach here that has experience, that knows how to run a program, Spinelli gets a piece of that too. He's got a lot more experience than Howard Isley, obviously. But he's never been a head coach, and that piece should wor- That should worry you. But the bigger piece, and this is the piece that regardless of how you feel about him – I feel like it's going to be a strike against him no matter how he coaches the end of this year, is that he is linked to to Jim Christian, right? So if Pat Kraft wants to take this program in a new direction, which he clearly did if he fires Jim Christian uh, before the end of the season, why would he hire his right-hand man? Scott Spinelli was his right-hand man for seven years. That makes no sense. So that's not a knock on Spinelli. I just feel like, you can't make that move and still say that you're going in a different direction with the basketball program. Cause it just seems like you're just kind of going in the same direction with the guy that does the same kind of system that you had with Jim Christian. So I think that's the biggest knock to Spinelli. I think Boston college wants to bring up the excitement level with this program and to bring in a name that will change how people feel about them. And Scott Spinelli for, you know, I saw like you know fourth and dude and some of these other Twitter handles that are really into the team, say you know they're like going nuts about him. That's great. That you know you get your diehards are like them that are just gonna go nuts over it. But you get Joe Schmo who hasn't really followed the team. They're gonna go really Jim Christian's right hand guy. I'm still gonna I'm gonna sit out. He'd have it's it's a bigger mountain to climb for him. So I just don't see it happening. I just and. And I I hope the best for Spinelli because he seemed like a really energetic coach. And I'd love to see him, like, use the end of this season, if it's not with Boston College, to to springboard to a head coaching job somewhere. Maybe there'll be a mid-major that he could fit in and just jump right in because he seems to have the energy to win. And I don't know if he can do it in an ACC-level program as a head coach because we don't have any data on it. But I would love to see him do it. At some place, because he deserves a chance at some point. If that's what his goal is, is to become a head coach, that would be a great opportunity for him. So, um, I I just don't see it. So on the scale of one to ten with Scott Spinelli, I'll give him a four. You know, like a little bit below average. I you know maybe Boston College. I mean, things could change. Like if Boston College goes on a run, beats Florida State, Miami, and then goes like three deep into the ACC tournament. Then we can talk about Scott Spinelli. But that that I mean the odds of that happening are slim to none. Um, and you know, anything can happen, but I just don't see that happening. So he's an opera he's a possi- I hope he gets an interview because he deserves it. I just don't see him becoming the next head coach. So Scott Spinelli, that's our, our little spiel on him. And that's where we're gonna leave off on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like my work head over to bcbulletin.com i have more recruiting news than you can imagine waiting in the chamber to come out i have probably four or five recruit interviews i've just been kind of spacing them out but i have some more coming out that if you like to know about bc recruits and, and learn some names before they get there check that out i also will have more information about the coaching search I mean, I, I could get into some of the the, the rumored names. I saw Richard Pitino is probably going to get fired today. He is not going to be the next head coach. I've said that before. Uh, don't worry about that. And I wanted to add one more name that I saw our, our friend uh, mention on his site, so you don't have to click on it, which was um, Paul Hewitt. So, yeah, Paul Hewitt, a coach who hasn't coached in, in college basketball in, in s- seven years, and has been coaching in Spain I think now. Yeah, he's he's definitely a name that I'm sure Boston College is really looking into. So don't waste your time with that stuff. You know, I'll I'll make sure I get you the names that I'm hearing and the the, the connections I have. I'm going to tell you right now that his connections are not correct. I can go from there, okay? So check out our site tomorrow, check out our podcast if you liked us. Make sure to like and subscribe. We'll give you more tomorrow. Take care everyone. This is AJ Black. Have a good night.